Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, yes, we are back with our number two here on a Thursday. And as you uh, remembered, because of yesterday's uh, shortened show, we have moved Let the Sawdust Fly with Pete Woods to today. And Pete, why don't you take it away and introduce your guests and uh, talk a little bit about your show today. It's another exciting one. Yep. Thank you, Brad. Kenny, folks out there listening, appreciate the time out of your day to come and listen a little bit about another snapshot about the timber industry as we go about our lives and how important that industry is. And today, folks, we're going to go all the way over to the East Coast. We got a couple of gentlemen from there that are in the timber industry. We're in the state of Virginia, and we have Don Bright, who is a mill owner of a few mills, and we have Frank Myers, a logger from the state of Virginia. And uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know these fellas and talk to them on a regular basis here about learning about uh, logging the state of Virginia and a lot of things going on there. It's a big industry there, a lot of things going on. And uh, I just got, uh, are, you, are you guys there, Don and, Bright, Don and Frank, are you there? Yes, sir, we're, we're right here. Okay, we're great, here. great, great. Say, uh, I, I got this one question of you guys. Uh, I hear this rumor saying, uh, what's the what's the Southside Mafia? The, uh, the state of Virginia has a, has a board of forestry, and Don and I have a privilege to serve serve on that for a couple of governors, and we, we, we had these hats made that said, you know, Southside Mafia, and we had a, you know, had lumber on it, trees on it, tobacco leaf, and, you know, just, just the rural Virginia way of life. And, and we, we, our motto was that we tried to protect the, you know, rural Virginia. And so we had these hats made up and, you know, we'd give them, give them out and, and then we, I was at a um, Virginia Law Association board meeting one day, and we had our Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry at our meeting, and he was new, and we were introducing ourselves and going around the table, and one of our people on our board said, you know, he, he told where he was, and he, he was from a different part of the state, and then he said, and by the way, he said, I just want to let you know that there is a Southside Mafia and most of them, most of those guys are in this room, and it's, it's just stuck. I mean, we, we've been called that ever since. <laughs> well, they know where you're going. <laughs> Peter, I'll add to it just a little bit. Um, it's, it's, you know, when you're a kid and, you know, you're out in the yard, you're wrestling uh, with, with, with this, this the neighbor kid down the road, and you, you black his eye, he blacks your eye, and, when you're all done, it's your kind of best friends over it. That's kind of the the relationship of a logger sometimes in a sawmill. And um, so uh, as we're riding, you know, hours, because we live in the middle of nowhere, part of Virginia, as we're riding to, to, to arguing over issues and, and coming from different points of view, sometimes from a logger and a sawmill standpoint, sometimes if you just talk things out, you end up being uh, – friends on issues you may not still agree 100 percent, but you at least understand the other side and that's a little of the story of the south side mafia is that we felt like okay yeah the rural, uh, rural life needed to be protected well that's pretty great guys you want to uh, don why don't we start with you you want to tell the folks out there a little bit about yourself where you're from in the state uh what you, what you own the business that you're in and that kind of stuff yeah, I'm, I'm a little unusual for this business. Uh, I was not born into the business. Um, I um, um, went to Virginia Tech, uh, graduated, uh, 
uh, a few years ago, about 25 years ago, and um, um, studied uh, wood science, forest products marketing and management, and uh, went to work for a, a local pine saw mill and uh, got my feet wet there. And um, now I'm uh, in partnership with some uh, college uh, people I knew uh, from Virginia Tech well, as well. They were all forestry side. And they're in the um, forest procurement and uh, logging side, which is a really nice uh, partnership to have when you uh, consume a lot of logs. So Meharan River Forest Products is the name of our company. Um, I'm president, and um, we have uh, uh, four locations, three sawmill locations, and one of them has a drying facility. Then we have a separate facility that is a drying location. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a bit of iron in the fire there. You're doing really a lot. Uh, Frank, you want to tell the folks out there a little bit about yourself as well, and we'll go into this? Sure. Um, I graduated from Virginia Tech as well. Um, graduated in 1981, been in this business for 42 years. Uh, started out working for for the paper mill side. Um, did, a little, did a little bit of time procuring for the saw mills, and then... Um, Married into the logging business. I've been been in that business for 37 years now. I'm vice president and part owner of MM Wright Incorporated. Uh, we have our own trucking company and uh, we have our own timber buying company. We buy our own all our own timber. Um, um, and on the on the side, I'm president of the Virginia Loggers Association right now, and, and uh, happy to serve that industry. Okay. All right. Um- from uh, if if I was listening somewhere else in the country or something like that, well, I am in a different part of the country here. What am I talking about? Um, what are some of the big things about the timber industry in Virginia you'd like to get out there and talk to the folks about that are concerned and also the good and you know you know what I'm saying? Right, and and I will I'll start with the uh, delay of Virginia. It's it's really odd. Um, the western part of the state is a lot of national forest land. And, and it's almost all hardwood, a lot of hardwood saw timber, a lot of old forest because of the national forest, which has, been, has had a very limited cut lately. And then in the middle part of the state, you still have a lot of hardwood, but you start picking up the pine plantations and, and that kind of thing. And, that's, and then you go to the eastern part of the state, which goes to the beach, of course, and you have, you know, have predominantly pine uh, until you get to the swamps next to the beach. So... You know, you can be a you can be a logger in Virginia in the western part of the state and, and still stump, and you could be a, a a pine logger like like what I do, and don't even hardly ever use a chainsaw. So you have to you have to keep in mind that Virginia is a very unique state, and and it's in one side of the state is completely different from the other. Oh, that's a really good explanation right there, Peter. It's uh. And, and the the industry is that is as diverse as the wood, and um, you know from from hardwood sawmills that cut you know just a couple million feet a year to uh, mega pine mills that might cut you know 150 million board feet a year, and so uh, you know we're very fortunate in Virginia that the residual markets have stayed very strong. And, you know, we still are really big in paper production, um, um, both in like uh, for like diaper material, like fluff, as well as, um, you know, traditional like uh, cardstock paper and um, or what they would call whiteboard. Um, so, you know, those markets have been really good and they, they've helped keep our industry strong. Um, we also have, have been fortunate uh, to grow a biomass industry that, uh, you know, for energy production and, um, 
and now we're 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 sending um, you know wood, you know, in the form of pellets all over the world to create electricity for other people. Just kind of a round figure. Um, um, the 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 industry today is about thirty five billion dollars of economic um, impact. I mean, that's hard. I, I say that, and I was like, "Is actually that be million? No, no, thirty-five billion in the state of Virginia, and just your own state, just our state. Wow, just our state. <laughs> and you know, let me tell you the beauty of that. That is being made out of a hundred percent wood products, wood products that are cleaning our air and cleaning our water every day. And um, you know, it says it's renewable, reusable, uh, recyclable material, and I, I'm just proud to be a part of an industry like that. I think it's the the, the greenest uh, in, in industry in, in, in that we've ever developed as, as a society. We we call ourselves the the true environmentalists, Peter, and and you know, Virginia being on the Chesapeake Bay, we had a you know back. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we had, there was a lot of, a lot of comment about how the bay was getting dirty and they were losing their oysters and, you know, all that kind of thing. So that's when we came out with the, uh, with the best management practices and we had to, get, we had to get a percentage, certain percentage to, to, to stay voluntary. And, you know, we're very proud of Virginia. We, we work really close with our division of forestry and our, and our loggers and our landowners. And, and we've, we're, we've exceeded all our goals, and it's on a completely voluntary program. But, you know, having the Chesapeake Bay on one side of it, you know, you have to do a good job, and you have to do, do what's right. And, you know, those things are, you know, they do audits on them all the time. So it's, you know, our program has been modeled all over the South, and, and, and we're very proud of that part, and that, that's why we, we consider ourselves environmentalists. When, um with your state, how it lays, I looked at it on the map and how it's uh, how the how the borders and everything go. You, you got rural area, then you got the, like the East Coast where it's probably heavy populated, but then you get to the north. They call it kind of the Northern Peak. Uh, is that where Richmond is in that, and then DC, and you have a totally different uh, animal up there. Yeah, we kind of wish somebody would annex you know, that northern part up there. But uh, anyway, uh, D- Richmond is kind of in the middle of our state. Um, okay. On the eastern side a little bit, but in the middle. Uh, DC's up in the peak you're talking about. But okay. Um, they, they're kind of the the south central part of Virginia is known as its bread basket. I mean, there's a there's a lot of really really big loggers there. There's a lot of big sawmills there. There's and it just across the line in North Carolina right now, a company called Roseburg is getting ready to start a, a meal that's, that's supposed to run 200 loads a day. Um, we, we've been waiting on it and waiting on it, and, and you know we're really eager for it because we, we need it. Uh, need, wow. need it desperately. So, Two, 200 loads a day of roundwood or chips, or what, what would you say on that? That, that is of saw log material. That's, uh, that's from a... Uh, Wow. 20-inch butt size to a, to a five-inch top, 200 loads a day. <laughs> okay. What, it sounds like you – what about the wood – imagine you might have a little issue with the wood waste then, or is that okay? Well, you know, and, that's, and that brings us to our, our main topic for, for to start with, and that's biomass. But mm-hmm. right, right now um, – you know, we're we're very blessed in this state. We've we've had uh, several good paper mills here. Um, they've they've been here a long time. They're still here. They're still running, um, and and that's you know that's basically you know kept this sawmill 
salt timber, pine salt timber industry alive, I guess. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very important, very, very important. But we've done such a, a good job of growing pine timber, and Don, Don has a different opinion of that sometimes than I do, but um, we've done such a good job of growing pine salt timber that we need more markets. And that's where we think biomass comes in. And, you know, I, in a conversation I had with you the other day, I think you were pretty shocked to find out that biomass is actually under fire in our state, and they're actually trying to close our biomass facilities down. And if that happened, uh, we, we would be in, be in a lot of trouble. We would be in a lot of trouble. That, that, that 30, $39 billion industry Don was talking about right there would be, would be crippled. Wow. <laughs> could, could you tell the folks a little bit more about that or explain a little bit more on that? Would it be possible? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know why they would be why they would be trying to close the biomass industry down. It sounds like it's uh, something that they want to see expanded. Absolutely. I, I, I think you're exactly right. It just does not make a lot of sense. But I'm going to tell you, when, when you're, when you, we're, we're losing acreage in Virginia to solar. And so um, solar in Virginia yeah. does not look like rooftop solar. It looks like clearing 1,000-acre tracts of timber and, um, you know, putting up panels that would, um, you know, capture sunlight and, um, you know, then, you know, basically turn it to solar energy. Biomass is a direct competitor to that because anybody with um, a science background, or you know, even some of us is a little longer than others to think back to, um, you know, biology class when you were in school and you were learning about photosynthesis and all that stuff. But us in the industry that have forestry education, we we certainly understand that trees, you know, they take they convert solar energy. And they, they take that and they store it in the form of cellulose, which is a sugar. Um, and, and that sugar is what, you know, is basically a carbon-based product. So we're taking the CO2, we're producing the oxygen, we're storing a carbon-based sugar that has energy in it that we then, um, you know, burn is not actually a correct term, but um, we gasify it in a furnace to um, create energy. So right. the solar right. industry, the solar industry would not really be very appeal. You know that that's that's something that's in competition to their movement to try to sell us solar panels and put solar farms and that sort of thing in because it, it would directly compete with it. And so that's what we think. It's it's been more of a political thing than everything. I do feel like it'll eventually come full circle. Um, I don't think everybody wants a solar field in their backyard. Um, they're not. They're no, not exactly. No, not at all. Listen, guys, I've got to ask you all to hold your fire a little bit. We're a commercial radio station, of course, and which means we have to take a commercial break. So let's talk a little bit more about this uh, uh, biomass and the competition with solar, because solar might be fine, but it doesn't work at night. It doesn't work when there's cloudy days. There's a lot of a lot of times it doesn't work. And I think people are losing it a little bit on biomass. But we got to take our first break, and then we'll come back with uh, Pete Woods and his guests, Don and Frank, from the state of Virginia, when we return. Giant redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scotch pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing... Sing, 
sing! I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On yes, Wednesday, he goes to the laboratory. <laughs> That's uh, by the way. That's Pete Wood singing that song for you. That, uh, uh, but seriously, I do want to say to you, uh, Pete. Thank you very much. If you are a logger and you want to listen to any of the uh, sod, let the sawdust fly episodes that have happened over the years, you can go to our Sound Off uh, podcast because currently it is being. Sponsored and brought to you by Crosstrack for land clearing and mulching solutions from Barco, Seppi, and Quadco. Uh, Crosstrack is uh, the way to go. And uh, thank you very much for that, Pete. So that is a that is a website that you can go to and hear any of the Sound Off podcasts. Kenny keeps them uh, up to date. And uh, Kenny, maybe you want to just take a second to let people know yeah. how to access those podcasts. You bet, Brad. KDAL610.com. Go to our website, KDAL610.com. Click on the podcast link. And we do put that in the Sound Off uh, podcast. We also have a separate Let the Sawdust Fly podcast. Super. Well, uh, Peter, take us back to Don and Frank, and uh, I'm, I'm curious, why is it that states are so wrapped up in this uh, solar panels, they're putting them everywhere, and yet mm-hmm. they only function about half the time? Uh, Brad, I just want to say thanks to Crosstrack that they're willing to do this and that you're willing to let us come on every month, and I want to thank you and the listeners out there very much. I didn't, this is a surprise to me, I didn't know this was going to be said, so thank you, Crosstrack and the folks out there, but... Back to the situation with Don and Frank and the solar panels, and they're popping up everywhere. And I'm not against solar panels, but don't tell us this stuff that it's this something so green and great. Um, lot, the timber industry is way greener because when we're done with a forest, you have a forest. When you put up a solar panel farm, what you have to do is you have to clear all the trees, all of them, and a little bit beyond the solar panels so you don't get in the shadows. they got to rip out all the stumps, root it all up, there's not going to be any growth there. It's just going to be the solar panel farm. And then, and then the, the push is that because it's kind of like this show. It's, it's to tell people what really goes on, the truth, and then you start thinking on it for yourself and look for yourself. Don't trust that somebody's telling you the truth. Look for yourself. And if I'm telling you the truth, it's going to be true tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. And it's great to have people on like Don and Frank. They're willing to come and tell you the truth about this stuff and the situation what they have in Virginia would you guys want to talk a little bit about that, about the solar panels and how it's deforestation? That's actually deforestation right there, folks. So, yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you, I, I almost get like um, just an excited feeling just to get ready to talk about this because if you've ever felt like you've got this big secret that it's like hard for people to understand until they just see it. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've had opportunity to speak to groups over the years, and I always show pictures of a logging job. And, I mean, you know, as much as I love the logging industry and the sawmill industry, when you you first cut a a beautiful track of hardwood or pine or whatever it is, there's, you know, it's it's a big change. And there's a lot of carnage and that kind of stuff. And, you know, we chip it and we clean it up. it, It looks a little rough. 
but immediately those trees start to grow back. I mean, they've already started to grow even before you've harvested it. We get stump sprouts, root sprouts, you know, the seeds that are there, seeds that come in after the harvest. Now you, you've created this new life. And so I always show, when, I, when I'm speaking to a group, I always show images of Walmart parking lots, Microsoft data centers, um, solar f- panels and solar fields. Um, I refuse to call them solar farms, which is what they're trying to call them in Southside Virginia. There is nothing about a solar um, field that is a, is a farm. And um, these are industrial sites. And so to me, like, it's real easy for people to walk into their local supermarket and never think about harvesting a tree, but drive by a timber harvesting job and think, oh, man, I can't believe they're cutting those trees. But they don't think when they walk in the grocery store about all the trees that would have grown over the years in that site. Now, do we need grocery stores? Absolutely we do. But we need trees and forestry, too. And we need to be protectors of our, um, of our, of our land and one of the big things that I, I think that, you know, I think people and, and people in forestry understand because they, they're always looking at timber and, and the value of timber and the quality of the soil. When you take and you put solar field on a piece of property, you are affecting that piece of land forever. You are, you are pushing off topsoils. You're taking that, that material that's going to replenish the earth that's going to allow other things to grow, they're not there anymore. So if you, you know, 30 years down the road, you decide you don't want a solar field, how are you going to get trees to grow back on this place? And so, um, you know, that's one of the messages, too, is like this is going to have long-term impact on some of the decisions that are, you know, coming our way. And, and Brad, you, you you said one thing that was really, really right on there, and that's I also serve on my local co-op, electric co-op board. And, um, you know, we, we look at the trends and, and we see the, how much electricity we're going to need in the future. And, and between Virginia right now is a really hot spot for data centers. They're, they use a lot of electricity. But you also have this electric vehicle um, thing going on, too. And, you know, we're, we're facing a, an extreme shortage of electricity in this country, and it's, I don't think it's in the, you know, far future. And if you don't have power plants that have fuel on the ground, then there's going to there's going to be a time when you flip that switch and you don't have any current because you've got to have reliable plants, and the only way those plants are reliable in bad weather is if you have fuel on the ground. And that's, that's one thing we need to remember in this country is – you know, you, you've got to have that source. I mean, that's a that's an economic driver for sure. Boy, that was well said. I'll tell you, uh, they they really have not thought this through very well. You see stories, and we've talked about them on our show now for a long time, Kenny and I, we're seeing stories almost every day of car dealers that are stopping the production of uh, electric vehicles simply because of those reasons. There's not enough recharging station there's not enough materials to keep all these things going and you're absolutely right at some point somebody's going to flip the switch to try to turn on their refrigerator or to turn on the lights in their kid's room and it's not going to be there you're obviously correct and um 
And I'm, and I'm going to go back to biomass from this argument. And, you know, a, a major supplier, and they're, and they're struggling right now because of some decisions that were made, but a company called Inviva makes wood pellets for Europe, Japan, and, and, and a major supplier of, of pellets. I mean, I think they're the world's largest. And that's a huge sure. market for us down here. It's, it's just huge, and it's, it's huge for the logger. It's huge for the for the sawmills, and and we need that market really bad. And they're they're under fire as well in our country. And I and I really don't understand that again because they're using a a renewable resource that for the most part is chips, and a lot of it is you know is is fuel chips out of the woods. I mean, it's just trash, you know, that would have that would have left been left there to rot. And, and they're making right. something of it, and, and we probably need to be burning it in this country as well, to, to be honest with you. But, um, and, it, and and in Virginia, what what even makes that harder, and, and and Don and I have had many discussions over this, is Virginia has a prov a program called um, pine. It's it's reforestation. It's a it's a voluntary tax on the industry to help landowners replant the trees. It's, it's been an ongoing program since the 60s. And sure. all voluntary, Virginia has a seed tree law, to, but it applies to the pine stands. And so in the eastern part of the state, or the middle part to the east, if you had 10% of your volume in your track of timber was in, was in pine, you had to reforest those acres by law. So, you know, the, the industry contributed, the local government the state government contributed, and the, and the program has been really, really successful on the pine level. It's it's been great for the logging industry. Maybe not so great for the sawmill industry if you cut hardwood, but um, just a, just a great program that worked in in our part of the state. And because well, guys, uh, guys, I got to ask you to hold your fire again for a little bit. We've got to do our CBS News. Maybe when we come back, we can talk a little bit about some of the new interve- interventions that have been done. Uh, with logging information or logging products, we've got a mill up in Cloquet, Minnesota, that's actually making clothes out of leftover byproducts from logging. So let's talk about some of that when we come back right after our CBS News break. Guys, that's a little uh, woodchopper's ball to kind of bring us back into the uh, segment with uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. So, Don and Frank, before we uh, took our last break there, we were talking about, you know, log when, when people talk about logging, uh, they seem to think that all it is is a guy carrying an axe or a saw out into the woods and chopping trees down. But the wood industry is so much more than that. I, I mean, they're, like you say, bio bio products, yes, but they're making clothes out of wood uh, uh, things now. They're barbecue pellets. There's so many uh, byproducts. We had a guy on, Peter brought a guy on uh, a year or two ago that makes these, uh, what what do you call them, like shims like you put under your furniture? Yeah, wood, uh, when for it's, making, uh, building houses, Nelson wood shims out of uh, coal. Yeah, acid. shims yeah. and things. Yeah. I mean, the guy had a whole business that sold all over. You see them every time you go into your building trade center. They're there, and it's a huge, huge industry in and of itself. So I, I think people kind of don't really look at the big picture when they first look at uh, saw sawmills or loggers. 
I'll, I'll add one to what you were talking about that, you know, my background in wood science, my education, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on the engineered products, um, you know, like the OSB um, and, you know, obviously plywood, but almost like laminated veneer lumber, what they call LBL, you know, stuff like that that's, you know, derived out of smaller pieces of lumber that can make big beams. A new product that is kind of out is called CLT, cross-laminated timbers. Those are basically complete wall systems where they can stick up high-rise buildings, you know, 30, 40 stories in the air out of just solid wood panels made in a factory. Wow. uh, Yeah. Without that crushing, it can do it without crushing the bottom? Right. Absolutely. Yep. Um, You know, wood is just one of these really unique things. I'll tell you a, a thing that always surprises people is they use a lot of, wood-derived or plant-derived material to deliver medicine. Like, there, there's, like, in, in your medicines, they use, like, um, like cellulose components out of the wood that, you know, to carry your medicine through, the, through, the, through your body and that sort of thing, or, or your pet's body to uh, make sure it gets delivered to the right spot in your body, that sort of thing. And I'll, I'll give you another example that people forget about about wood, and that's uh, and that's fluff. We have a meal in this state that's that's actually making what's called fluff, and and uh, you know that's that's the material that goes in diapers. A lot of people don't don't realize that either. But pine pine pulpwood is is the best material. Southern pine pulpwood is the best material to make diapers out of. And we need diapers. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we, we certainly do. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll give you another one. Our, our legislature this year is trying to pass some legislation. You know, our, our airlines say they're going to be, uh, uh, what's the term, Don? Uh, green. Green or whatever. Carbon neutral. Carbon neutral in 2050 or whatever it is. They're actually trying to um, to make jet fuel yeah. out of out of wood wood products. And, you know, really? that, that, fuel, that fuel is really important. And, you know, that, that could be another life saver for our industry yeah it's actually it's a, it's a really interesting process how you derive you know um wood you know take wood and you can actually make an alcohol out of it to make jet fuel i don't know if you know you've been sitting around the campfire and you look over there at the piece of the log on the fire and you start to see it kind of bubble a little bit and it looks like like almost like a gum or something like a like a creosote or something kind of popping to the surface sure a lot of times people think that that's like sap or something. Yeah, maybe some of it is. But what it is, the wood is getting to a certain temperature with, without oxygen, and it's a, a process, I believe you call it boltonizing, where it becomes like, um, like it basically turns it to like a, um, um, an oil. It's, just, it's really a neat process. So there's a lot of opportunity, I think, to grow our industry in the future. Wow, that would be a great show to have. You guys got to think on that one, how we could present that one. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, Pete, every time you have a show, I learn something new. I mean, there are things out there that are just phenomenally, just way more than just walking in the woods and cutting trees down. <laughs> so, there's so much to the timber industry, folks, out there. It's, it's We're one of the three pillars of all economy mining, farming, and logging. I mean, we need to have all three, and this is one of the more very important, just like anything else. And I'm glad that Don and Frank wanted to come on. And uh, your part, one more quick thing before I forget. Um, down where you guys are at, we don't have this up here, but you have a lot of 
I think you call cloud internet buildings. Is that it? Where these huge data centers, and it takes a horrendous amount of electricity. Uh, am I correct on that? Yes, sir, you sure are. And, uh, you know, Virginia has gotten to be um, a hub for that um, for several reasons. Uh, you know, our land in rural Virginia is obviously a little cheaper. They're, they're moving down from D.C., northern Virginia, coming coming down to where we are in southern Virginia. Um, they they have to have water. Um, they have to have good, you know, good source of electricity. And um, But they use a lot of current, a, a tremendous amount of current, and it's, you know, it's, it's um, right now. It's Virginia is one of the few states in the in the country that that are, are going through this, and it's uh, it's a big deal. Um, like I said before, you know, we we've got to we've got to have a source of electricity that will that will serve serve this industry, and it, it is important. I, you know, I'm not not saying it's not, um, and don't surely don't want them to go anywhere else. It helps our local counties with revenue, and you know, they they do a lot of good things, but we. As a country, uh, we have to we have to figure out this electricity thing. So the biomass, if you could get a, like up here or anywhere, wherever there's timber, if we had a biomass plant that would take and burn the wood waste instead of coal, we can do it very efficiently and very good. It would be very helpful for what you got going there. It would be, and uh, we need to build more of them, uh, and not close the ones we have. And, and you know, as we started before. You know, ours in Virginia are under fire, and um, our local provider down here has got three facilities. Most of our paper mills, not all of them, but most of them have their own boilers that produce electricity, and the excess is sold on the grid as well. Um, it's a big industry, and and our environmental community is trying to shut it down um, because of carbon, and, and we just we just don't agree with that philosophy. And I, I think it's time for our industry to stand up as a group, and, and tell our story and, and tell who all the environmental people and you know I, I damn I damn to make a solar panel that they don't mind and they don't use minority labor and and, and it, you know we all seen pictures of where that stuff in those panels come from and you know it's it's not green it's nothing green about it it's uh no nope. and 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 you know we need to, we need to look at that as a country I, I you know I, I think that's I think it's it's important I really do think it's important Doc. Peter, we're running up against the clock again here, but I want to, uh, Peter, I want to thank you and your guests, Frank and Don, from the state of Virginia. Again, every time we do this show, we learn something new. And thank you guys for coming on and giving us a little more insight. Uh, And again, if you are uh, interested in the logging industry and you want to hear segments of this uh, show, Sound Off, you can listen to them on our podcast. And our podcast is even sponsored now by uh, Crosstrack, which makes land clearing and mulching solutions from Barco, Seppi, and Quadco. So, Peter, thank you again. We look forward to it again next month. We've got another hour to come here, Northlanders, so please don't go away. Get yourself some coffee. Lots of local things happening, Uh, and we'll be talking about them all when we come back with Hour 3 on Sound Off KDAL Radio.